Well, hello, and welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name's DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either. So, today's topic, I'm going to prove to you that this is never going to be about product or sales, because today's topic is body cameras. Wait, wait, don't, don't, don't turn off. Don't worry. It's not, and we have a sale going on. Told you I refused that. No, today's topic is why do you have a body cam program? Yeah, for those of you who enjoy listening to this podcast, could be my last. No, just kidding. Really, I want to talk about the core reasons that we have body camera programs. So to start out, Think to yourself, you have a body cam program at your agency, I would assume very rare right now to find one that doesn't have body cameras somewhere. Why? I'm not saying you shouldn't. You'll find that I like them. But why? Go ahead and answer it. Take a minute. You know, cue some Jeopardy music here for a moment. All right, look, most of the answers are to keep my officers safer, to get uh, more information and more evidence, perhaps uh, in in a legal manner, to uh, keep my officers accountable, right? Make sure they're doing what they say they're doing. Um, Frankly, what about knocking down on complaints against officers, that officer said this, and he treated me like this, or she treated me like this, and then you reviewed the body camera footage. Maybe that's one of the reasons. But what about the one nobody wants to talk about? The, because my state made me do it. Be, because we were told to do it. Told to do it. State made you do it. Hmm. Well, let's think about this for a minute, because... I've said many times, and we all know, there's no police department that has enough cops. I've I've worked with thousands now over the world. And even outside of the United States, you know, it almost becomes a joke. How many cops do you have? Do you think that's enough? Ha, 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 ha. No. Everybody's understaffed, right? Why? Eh, that's another topic. But let's just say it's for funding. Just don't have the money to do it. So if we say that's what that is, then we have to go back and say, why are we mandating body cam programs? Let's face it. I I don't care whose it is. Okay. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. And and in today's uh, digital era, right? The storage is really not cheap. You got to store all of this. You know, I got a buddy of mine uh, in South Carolina. 
many, many years ago, I was out speaking to him and, and, uh, we, we were in his office and he had hit this, this body camera on. I, I think it was some off brand. It doesn't really matter, but it was this big honking body cam right in the center of his chest. And I kind of looked at him and, and, and he kind of looked at me and, 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 and we went on. He explained to me later that it was their understanding of the new state law that said that they had to have every officer outfitted with a body camera recording 24 seven, no matter their position all the time. Now I read that actual law just yesterday in preparation for this. And I see why he got confused because it, it sure seems like it says that, but it also seems like it might not say that. And in reading some, some, some other opinions on that law, it seems to be written almost vaguely. I'm not going to say intentionally, but let's just say the person that wrote it might not have been a law student. Uh, Okay. But that's a joke, but nonetheless, you could take it as you get it. And I talked to other agencies. Oh, well, we only have to put body cams on these people and not these people. Oh, we only have to turn them on when this occurs and when that occurs and fine, good, whatever. But why is it different? Why is it so confusing? What about redaction of video? You know, like taking people's faces off of the video for for court that don't need or can't be seen, like confidential informants, children, um, people that have nothing to do with the case. What, what if you got your body camera on in a school? You know, do, do you want every jury member to see, oh, that little Bobby from down the street back there? No, you don't. But, but what are the parameters around that? We're getting better at that. I mean, here we are in 2020, still in Corona land. Uh, all sitting in our house and, and those who aren't, we love you. Um, but we're getting better. But what I'm seeing is there's still a lot of confusion here. And I'm not going to dig up the topic from, you know, a week or so ago about privacy, but you're going to find out that rears its ugly head here. So we're going to walk through a bit of a timeline here because I have a theory as anybody who knows me knows, I have a theory about just generally everything. And we're going to see if this theory fleshes out. You may agree. You may not agree. That's the point of this podcast. We're just having a chat. A matter of fact, I got my coffee sitting here. I'll try not to sip it too loudly while we're talking, but let's go back and talk about body cameras. Before I do that, I'm going to step back a little further and talk about in-car cameras. Many of us remember when in-car cameras came to the forefront, right? Big things. Woo. Right smack dab in the middle of the windshield, right? Um, I, I am mine, my VCR. Oh, by the way, uh, for, for you, you kids listening, it was this big black tape looking thing and it stuck in this big silver box and it played anyway, VCR, right? Dating ourselves, but there was a VCR in the trunk. And you check the tape out from evidence and you put the tape in the VCR and you made sure it was rolling. Test, test, got your microphone on, which looked really like a 
you know, a reject from the television series, you know, just some big lavalier mic that was on you got ripped off half the time, right? Batteries died. Nonetheless, you put this dinosaur together, you drove around and, and, and the fancy ones, cause we got to the fancy ones that would turn on when I turned my lights on. Now that, now that was awesome. The funny part is I went back and did some research there. Cause I thought in my mind, I don't remember a lot of, I don't know, controversy about in-car cameras. And there really wasn't much. I, I couldn't find much at all. Uh, so my recollection seemed to be clear, but I thought, man, I've been hearing a lot about these body cameras. So I went back and we're do, do a historical pull here. Check this out. We're going to go back to 2013. Not saying that's when it started. Just saying that's a point in time that I found right after this is a turn. Okay, so follow me. 2013, this particular headline um, says, Police body-mounted cameras with right policies in place, a win for all. Well, now that seems equally yoked, right? Doesn't it? I get that. It was great. You know, hey, let's get these body cameras going. It, 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 uh, it, it's safety for everybody. It's accountability for everybody. It's better for court. Let's just, man, this is great. Let's get this great. Then I thought, wait a minute. That's just after the time we started our body camera program. And we started our program. I don't even really know why we started our program because it was way before this. But we started our program and we got these. I, I don't even know what they were. Again, they looked like a brick on your chest. And we, we got them. We got them going. Tech problems because this was before, you know, any of the new tech came out. But but they worked. They worked. And we started going to court with them, you know, because they're evidence. Just, just like your in-car camera was. You know, you review that, you tag that, you tell the evidence tech, hey, don't erase that tape. Oh, yeah. Some of our agencies just erase the tape, right? Well, why? Because tapes were expensive. But nonetheless, don't erase the tape. This one's got evidence on it at this point and this point. Put that in, you know, evidence locker and reference to case number X. You pull it out, you take it to court. Very similar on these body cameras, except they were on a like a, a, a disc, like a little, little jump drive looking disc, right? So we started taking those to court, started being successful. Hey, this is great. The, the suspect said this. Are you sure the suspect said this? Yes. How are you sure? Roll tape. Great. Fantastic. However, then we started having issues with the tech. True issues with the tech where the camera just broke. The battery started getting bad. Um, running through the woods, it fell off. Uh, you <laughs> All these things we deal with a lot of times with body cameras, especially the older ones. New ones are getting better. But then we started going to court. Well, we didn't realize, and this is one point that I want you to take from this today, a, a heavy talking point. If, if, if for some reason you haven't started a body cam program or it's kind of fledgling and you want to put some meat behind it, put a big star next to this if you're taking notes. And if you're taking notes... You need more stuff to do in your life, but just take a look at this. If you start this, there is no option to stop being very clear. Why? And you think I'm overblowing, but why? Because you have set a precedent in court. Precedents in court are powerful, very powerful. I mean, think about it. Anytime somebody wants to appeal their case, 
what do they do? Do they hear the whole case again? No, they hear certain evidence that, uh, or, or, or testimony that might have gone against court rules. But other than that, they look at previous precedent. So anyway, had a couple of these, two, three, four, five of these in court. Everything was great. It went fine. We started having issues. Officers going to court. Uh, officer, do you have any body cam footage of this? Uh, no, I don't. Were you wearing your body camera today? Uh, yes, I was. Um, however, uh, the battery was, was, was bad or the, you know, the, the, it fell off while I was running, uh, against your, uh, 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 after your client in, in the woods, you know what happened? It started to get turned. It started to get, Oh, well, officer, I mean, are you sure he said that? I mean, it's interesting. You were just in this court two weeks ago and had very perfect body cam footage from that same body camera. And now it doesn't work. Isn't that interesting? Playing with the jury. And we went, okay, forget it. <laughs> but we had to recover from that because then we had set a precedent. Now, don't worry. We, we got body cam shortly thereafter. We got better ones. And nonetheless, Works much better now. But the point being is, if you're in, you're in. If you're in, you're in. Now, I'm not saying how often you record. I'm not saying how often you wear or who wears. That's up to you and your states. Let's hope it's clear legislation that I read yesterday. But you're in if you're in. So shortly after that, 2013 timeline here, we get this beautiful, this beautiful article police body mounted cameras with right policies in place, a win for all. I agree. You, you guys know how I feel about policy. I'm, I'm, I'm a paper hound, right? I mean, man, I was, I was all about that policy. If it's not in the policy, it's not happening. However, 2014, and I won't go into all the, all, all what happened because we all remember it so much, but look, there were a lot of highly publicized incidents of, let's just call a spade a spade, bad cops doing bad things, okay? Immediate outcry for more body cams on police. Now, I'm going to be the first to say, bad apples need to be thrown out of the bunch straight away. I'm also the first to say, with the amount of cops that are in the United States or even in the world, the bad apples are rare. And I'm not saying that because it was, I'm not saying, I'm, it's experience. I've dealt with the bad apples. I had a hand once or twice in getting rid of bad apples, even prosecuting one of them. Rough, tough, you hate to do it, but you know what? It's the right thing to do. Bad apples put a pall on all of, of, of the honor of what policing is. And yeah, I go so far as to say it's an honor because it is, okay? These are honorable men and women. And so we got to get those out. But nonetheless, bad apples spoil the bunch, right? Well, there's where it started. Somewhere around 2014, we started getting, uh, you know, protests, lawsuits, consent decrees from the feds. Next thing you know, body cam, body cam, body cam, body cam, body cam. Now, I'm not going to answer this question, but I want you to think about it right now. In your mind, in your mind, why did they want body cams? Why did the public want more body cams at that point? So hold on to that for a moment. 2015. So I'm skipping a couple of years because those two years, they were rough. Skipping a couple of years. Should officers be permitted to view body camera footage before writing their reports? That's another article. Now think about it. 
But just two years prior, hey, this is all great. Policies in place, good, roll. Next one, should officers be permitted to view body camera footage before writing their reports? It's a valid question. It's a valid question. It is, again, up to policy. However, it's an interesting turn. Why? Because, sure enough, major body cam sales went up. Major. And, and, and not, just, not just the ones that you know of. Not the ones I know of, not the other other guys. I'm talking like <laughs> I knew a chief that literally went on a I think he went on eBay at the time and and he bought these body cameras he could afford because he was mandated to get them but wasn't given any money. So he got body cameras, right? Nonetheless, body cameras were everywhere all of a sudden. Everywhere. Very various <laughs> various functions and reliability, but they were there. But why? So body cameras are there, 2014, 2015, bam. Should they look at that before they write the report? That's a whole nother topic for us, right? But let's just skip through. April 2010, ready? How soon should police turn their cameras off after a critical incident? What? What? Wait a minute. Okay, a year ago, you wanted us wearing them. And you Google it yourselves. It was all the time. Record all the time. Record all the actions. Da, 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 da. Now it's how, how how quickly should they turn them off? Okay, that's an interesting twist again, right? 2016. If cops don't turn on their body cameras, and this is really the turning point, folks. If cops don't turn on their body cameras, courts should instruct juries to think twice about their testimony. These are all headlines, various places, and, and, and not, not so many of them. I'm not going to, you know, I'll let you know. Hit me up. I'll tell you where I got them. But you can Google them yourselves. But think about that. If cops don't turn on their body cameras, courts should instruct juries to think twice about their testimony. Now, this didn't come from like Justice Scalia, okay? But the point being is it's out there. It's churning. People are reading. And that wasn't the only one with that type of, of title. So now I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the one I talked about earlier. I said, I'm not going to answer why did people want cameras on cops after the 2014 bad apple cops and, and riots. And we all remember this, but why did they want them? Was it for more prosecution? Was it for better evidence? Was it for safety? No, clearly. And, and I'm not speaking out of turn here. Clearly it was because they wanted to catch the rest of the bad cops. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Again, I'm against the bad cops, but that's not the solution. And we'll get to the solution where I think the solution is here shortly, but let me say this December 2016 title, if they don't have their body cameras on, you should instruct juries to think twice about their testimony. That is the crux of it all. And I have more, but that is the crux of it all. I believe, soapbox, getting up on the soapbox here. I believe that the reason the body cam revolution happened wasn't because a bunch of chiefs got around and said, We've got a bunch of extra money and 
we think that we should outfit a body cam on every single mandated sworn professional we have 24 7 365 well while they're on shift of course because we think it's just good practice now granted again many good reasons to have these i'm for them however this didn't come from the cops this came from a public outcry saying let's find the rest of those dirty cops let's put a body camera on them to make sure they know they're being watched not saying that's bad just saying that's interesting and now we're going to instruct juries at what point at what point did we lose the trust of the public i could have named this whole podcast that but i didn't figure you'd listen <laughs> so I just I just threw that in there at what point did we lose the public trust and how do we get it back? The funny thing is, and, and, and well, not funny, not funny, haha, funny, it's interesting, is that um, now if you look at the data that's come in 2014 on, there's a lot of data out there. You can take your pick. The funny part is it doesn't matter who it came from. It all seems to be the same output is Here's your next headline, 2019. Police body cameras aren't having the effect many expected. Here's a quote from that article. What's likely the most comprehensive review of research on body cameras shows that they're most often used to prosecute citizens, not police. Like bad citizens or criminal citizens, not the police. Studies are showing that body cams are not resulting in the findings of police misconduct, they're resulting in more criminal prosecution than police misconduct by far. Why is that? Well, yes, Google, many of you are like, oh, that, that's, that's junk. I saw a video last night. Yeah, you probably did. So did I. So great. Glad it's still being used for that. And right after they came in, there was a, there was a spike. Huh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. There was a lull first because everybody thought, oh, I got a body camera on. I have to be very, very careful. Okay, just don't talk to me right now. We'll talk later. There was a lot of that going on. After a while, it became the norm. It became like pinning on your badge, right? Just body cam click, you know, things like that. Once it became normal, people became more relaxed. And when they became more relaxed, then, then they started to go back to their normal selves and we were able to route out some of these. However, for the most part, vast majority, they're either watching themselves better. <laughs> they've been routed out or that's just the way it was going to happen anyway. Now, the interesting thing is articles are now coming out from the same, cause I, I double checked from the same sources that I checked here earlier. Oh, uh, body cameras, they're, they're, they're viol police body cameras are violating our rights. Let's take them off. Get them off these cops. No, the same people that wrote, put a cop, put a body camera on everybody just a few years ago are now get the body cameras off all of them. This is horrible. This is da, 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 da. Here's what I'm saying in this seemingly rantingly podcast. And this is one that I thought about. This is my 13th podcast, by the way. And this is one that I thought about way before we even started this. And frankly, I put it in my back pocket because it can be very controversial. I don't want it to be seen that way. What I always want us to do, 
police, citizens, my endless friends, whoever's listening, right, is look beyond the hubbub to find the reasoning behind the hubbub, right? Why are these things happening? I'm one that always does a review. Why are we doing this process? Is it a good process? Well, keep it. Can we make it better? Even better. Why are we doing this process? Uh, I don't know. Does it work? Do we have any metrics to show that it works? Do we have any successes? Does the equipment even work half the time? Uh, no, not, not really. Somebody just told us way back we had to do this. Then revamp it or cut it. Because you're wasting time for the police and you're wasting time for the citizens and money for the citizens. Now, again, don't cut your body cams. They're fantastic. They do help find the bad apples, right? They do validate complaints that are real against your cops. And we, again, we've got to do that. They may not be a bad apple. They may have slipped, but we need to help form. We need to help train. And that's how we can do that, right? But they also help protect you, protect the police against frivolous complaints, which many times fall into lawsuits. Do you know how many, how much money? And I didn't look this one up because this one just came at the top of my head. Y'all think I script this. (laughs) I don't. I wonder how much money. And somebody look this up and send it to me on, on my Twitter or my LinkedIn, something. How much money do police departments spend each year? on frivolous complaints that turn into lawsuits, not the real ones that, you know, need to be run, but the frivolous complaints that turn into lawsuits. Somebody is looking for money. How much money per year do they spend on this? I bet it's quite a bit. I bet it was even more before body cams. That's good. Why? It's not just to protect the cops. That money isn't coming out of the chief's pocket. That money is coming out of the citizen's budget. The city, the county, the municipal, the state budgets, right? How quickly can you shut one of those down if you walk into court and play the video? Pretty quickly, right? But most of all, I believe the body cams put us on a level playing field. Everybody knows what everybody said. Yes, my report, my word as a police officer should stand in court beyond my body cam. Granted, if I contradict my body cam, that's an issue. But I mean, if the body cam goes out, gets messed up, torn off, I mean, that does happen, okay? Things break down. You you get in a tussle with somebody in the woods, you're going to lose it, right? But the word must stand. Why? Because that's the whole core of the oath that we swear. And the vast majority of honest ones of us will be honest to a fault, many times. Although I don't know if you can be honest to a fault, but nonetheless, body cams are important. Body cams do a lot of fantastic things. However, ask yourself, go back. Why did we start this program? Did we start it with the right point of view? Did we start it with any point of view or did we start it because a legislator from on high said, you must have a body cam program and you must have it in the next 30 days. Not a good way to start any program. Why? Because you start forgetting things like your procedures, your policies, 
When do we record? When do we not record? When do we have it on? When do we not have it on? More and more agencies are recording 24-7. Doesn't mean they save it all for long periods of time. Obviously, you have to follow your retention schedules. But they're recording the whole time. The whole time. Okay? And that's when we get into these privacy complaints. But again, if the police are there, they're there for a reason. Right? You called them. Somebody else called them. They're there for a lawful reason. And if you're in... I don't know, McDonald's getting lunch and a cop walks in and his body camera's on. Guess what? It's still considered a public area. It's a public, publicly open business. And I doubt you're going to have any McDonald's telling, telling the cops not to have their body cams on in there. Right? The point being here, peel back the layers of the onion. Why did we do Figure out why you need this. Figure out why you want this. What is the purpose, aim, and goal of your body cam program? Form your subsequent purpose, aim, and goal around that and stick with it. Stick with it. But remember, 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 every time you walk into court with a body cam video, you are setting a precedence. Every recording, every time, every drop into evidence, every pullback, whether it's digital, disc, whatever we got going out here, right, is as important as if you were dropping off a recovered handgun or a bag of dope from a suspect. Treat it as such. Treat it as precious. Because it's going to protect somebody, the citizen, the officer, or the greater citizenry. Just think about that. So now it's time mm -hmm, for some crazy but true police blotter stories. Oh, I found some good ones, good ones, good ones this week. You know, it, it, I always start with the police blotter before I even start forming out what I'm going to say. Got a topic, but I go, you know what? Police blotters too. Reason? Uh, you'll find that a lot of what I say has a direct correlation here. Guess what this first one is? It's about surveillance footage. Check this out. Authorities say a man who was in a Colorado court for violating bond on a drug charge is now in even more trouble after a wad of cocaine fell from his hat. <sighs> Gee, many Christmas. 43-year-old suspect, actually wasn't a suspect at the time. Um, he was a criminal. He was in court for violating bond on a drug charge. But anyway, 43-year-old <laughs> criminal was standing next to two other defendants in Eagle County District Court when the judge uh, took the stand and the uh, defendant took off his hat as, as you should, and a small square folded paper fell out. A police officer watched the paper uh, fall to the floor, reviewed the surveillance footage to make sure who it came from, opened the paper, and it was full of cocaine. Whew. He calmly walked, I love how this guy handled this. He calmly asked the judge for a moment, walked over to the judge, explained what had just happened to the judge, that they had looked at the footage, and the judge very calmly <laughs> Had the man walked back to jail to face new charges of narcotics possession and yet another bond violation. <sighs> Sometimes they make it easy. Police in Louisiana 
have un uh, uncovered a sophisticated Los Angeles-based identity theft ring. Ooh, I used to investigate these guys. Very, very, very few times are they are they truly stupid. I mean, they, they're they're good at what they do. But these two men were caught. I'm guessing they weren't like Pablo and Capone, okay? They skipped out on their $7 Waffle House bill, and that got them caught. Let me explain. Waffle House employees called the police, saying these two men had stiffed the restaurant and driven away in a U-Haul. Like a big moving van. <laughs> That'll stick out. Investigators were still taking statements at the restaurant when patrol officers spotted a U-Haul van parked conveniently at a nearby hotel. Hmm. Let's go check that out. They went to check out the van, and the passenger immediately ran into the woods. We call that a clue, folks. The officers arrested the driver quickly. Police dog tracked down the passenger. Funny that they just ended the statement with that. Let me tell you how a police dog tracks down a passenger. Well, we won't, but just, he doesn't, like, you know, kiss on him at the end of it. Anyway, a search of the van turned up fake ID and credit cards, credit card skimming devices, and, man, stupidity, the Waffle House receipt for $7.41. The investigation into this revealed a highly sophisticated identity theft scheme operating out of Los Angeles. Now, highly sophisticated, yes, these two, probably not. This is like, they needed one more, and they would have been Larry Moe and Curly. The driver, man out of California, and the passenger out of Indiana had flown to New Orleans, rented the van, installed credit card skimming devices at multiple gas stations in the area to steal customers' credit card numbers. As an aside, public service announcement, folks, anytime you go out to get gas, you know where you put your card? Grab onto that, shake it, pull on it. If it wobbles, don't. Okay, anyway. Uh, both were uh, quickly arrested on charges of identity theft, bank fraud, monetary instrument abuse, wow, and theft by fraud. This is a great quote, and I'm going to quote him directly. Police Chief Johnny J.J. Jennings, I just want to do his news, I mean, I want to do his press releases, but nonetheless, uh, he said, quote, as long as I'm here, we're not going to put up with any of this criminal nonsense, especially from criminals flying in from California and Indiana. He went on to say, and let this be a lesson on etiquette as well. Pay your bill and tip your waitress. Now, I couldn't find a video of this online, although I tried really hard because I just imagined that, that Johnny J.J. Jennings is probably wearing a hat, right? And he points to the cameras and said, let this be a lesson to you. Pay your bill and tip your waitress. And then he just tips his hat and walks off like drops a mic. I don't know, Johnny, but I already like him. Number three. Calling 911 to report a stolen bag of cocaine. And I could stop right there. Craziest part is we've all had that. We had a guy do that. Nonetheless, that's probably not the best idea. Okay? But, and why do I always go back to Florida? I, I swear, my Florida friends, this is not intentional. But come on, I can't skip these. Anyway, Okaloosa Sheriff's officials wrote on Facebook. I love that. Just, just, just throw it out there. Uh, that this suspect did just that. Blackman, the um, suspect's name, Blackmon, B-L-A-C-K-M-O-N, uh, called 911 to report a robbery, a robbery in Fort Walton Beach. My goodness. Uh, he then told the responding deputy that someone entered his car and took 50 bucks hmm, and a quarter ounce of cocaine <laughs> from the center console. 
The report says the deputy was just quite calm, uh, asked to uh, search the vehicle for any evidence, and found more cocaine and a crack rock on the console and a crack crack pipe in the floorboard by the driver's side door. Blackman was charged with possession of cocaine, and, and this is a lovely one again when they just shoot this and walk away. Resisting arrest without violence. Just, just, just shot that at us and walked away. In other words, uh, Mr. Blackman decided to run. Number four, authorities had a little trouble tracking down a thief after he stole... You know I'm going to change this one a little bit. After he stole what he thought were phone chargers. You know those little portable phone chargers? He, he stole a hundred of these things, along with some other items from, uh, from a tech firm. The company's devices, right, actually helped track down the goods. Wait a minute, what are these stuff? No! This ding-dong thought they were phone chargers. They were GPS trackers. He stole a hundred of them. Not one. Not two. He stole a hundred of them. What do you think the chances are that one of those is going to get it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the company notified the police, turned on all of the trackers, <laughs> and in about five or six hours, it was over. The thief, who apparently, again, thought the devices were cell phone chargers and that they could be resold, also managed to cut himself while taking a beer from the office fridge. We won't even talk about a beer from the office fridge, but anyway, a beer from the office fridge during the burglary, leaving, of course, enough DNA evidence behind to not need the GPS trackers. Police say that they arrested the suspect. They recovered the GPS trackers along with other stolen property. Now, let's stop here. Not only is this guy a complete dirtbag because he's a thief, right? But he's a, he's a moron. A moron. But now, now you're just going to get a bad taste in your mouth on this guy because also in the truck was an album of World War II photos stolen from an 80-year-old veteran in a break-in in his home earlier that year. Mm. Anyway, police say they were so impressed with these devices, which transmit their location within 30 feet every 60 seconds, 100 of them doing this, that they're actually looking for ways to work with them in the future. No joke. And the last one for today. A Massachusetts judge has denied a man's request to juggle. Yes, I said juggle. During his trial to show jurors, he was just clowning around when he allegedly tried to rob a convenience store at gunpoint. It won't surprise you um, that Mr. Orlando Melendez was um, uh, representing himself in court. Uh, He said, quote, the keystone to my defense is I'm literally a clown. The judge wrote, wrote one word, one word on the petition for this to juggle, denied. Melendez had pleaded not guilty to charges he used a toy gun to rob a convenience store. The 20-year-old man, who again was representing himself, asked to be allowed to juggle three wads of paper for 20 seconds to show jurors that the alleged robbery was just really all a misunderstanding. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure the guy who takes your pudding in prison is just going to be a misunderstanding. He He just takes your pudding cup from you. Just let it go. Let it go. You know, as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with, (laughs) a la perhaps this podcast, or maybe you do agree with me and even have a topic you'd like me to cover. 
Or, you know what? Maybe you have a funny police story you'd like to share with me. By the way, on those stories, because I do get some, and I've read some of them, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll remove the names of the to protect the innocent. Anyway, uh, I encourage you, email me, offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com to give me your thoughts and ideas. And, of course, check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore offthebeat. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.